What will you do when you find me? Don't be scared of yourself. Hi, I'm Dawn. And I'm Ashley. We would like to welcome you to the Work It, You Are Worth It podcast. Where two friends sit around and talk about healing, growth, and healthy relationships. Hi, listeners. I wanted to let you know that in this podcast, I had a little issues with my audio. Um, Microphone broke, but um, next podcast, I will be back a lot clearer. So um, just wanted to apologize in advance. And you are as excited about learning about trust as I am. Hey, Dawn, how are you? Hey, Ashley, I am amazing. How are you? I'm wonderful. It is Monday, but it has been a great day, uh, so I'm doing amazing. That's great. Uh, I know we said in the last podcast, like, we both love Mondays. Like, Mondays are always, like, just such a reboot. I mean, this morning I struggled a little bit just getting out of bed because I slept later, so I went to bed a little bit later. But when I'm up and I'm moving, and I don't know, there's just something about... Like, all right, let's do this. It's, I can, I I can do, I can conquer. And I haven't always felt that way. I remember dreading Mondays. I mean, but I mean, I dreaded most days. So I don't know what was so special about Mondays, but. (laughs) I remember Mondays being like, like you said, I dreaded them. I used to Sunday night be grumpy because I knew Monday was coming and the weekend didn't last long enough. And I was going to be miserable come Monday. But now, (sighs) I don't know. Mondays are not any different than any other day. And every day is a, it's a fresh start. I just thought of something. For me, I always would say that weekends were too short. And I think that was because during the week, I was always run, run, go, 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 work, kids. And, you know, I was trying to control and manage everything, even from the office. Like I would still be trying to control my, you know, my partner. I'd be trying to control my kids, trying to make everything you know, perfect. And I put quotes around, air quotes around perfect. And then the only time that I could actually go (sighs) for about two minutes would be the weekend. And so I dreaded the weeks because it was just nonstop go. Right. I was just torturing myself, but now, and then finally got to relax on the weekends. But now like, I don't feel that way any day of the week. So even being busier now than I probably ever was, it's like, because hmm. I just now I take the time for me I don't give all my time away to people freely and I can like I, I don't know about you but I can like it doesn't take me as long to unwind or decompress because I can I just know myself now and my body now that I can do it pretty quickly because I never get myself so wound up that I'm trying to undo the layers yes I definitely so A great example of that for me is last week. Um, Nick is out of town and my team at work is short two people. So not only did I work overtime last week, but I was doing the single parent thing and the single household thing. And my daughter started school today. So it was also getting all summer break and trying to get onto the school routine as well. So there were many days last week where I would wake up in the morning and I was already dreading the day. But what I found is through using the recovery tools and through my own awareness, 
I was able to change my perception of what the day was going to be. And even though every day was hard and by Friday I was exhausted, it didn't like normally the whole weekend wouldn't have been enough. Just kind of like what you were saying, right? The weekend wasn't enough to relax. But this weekend was, even though last week was crazy. And then to add to that too, like I'm looking forward to this week. I'm not dreading this week at all. And Nick is still out of town and we are still short two people on my team. So not only did it not last as long, but I was able to pull myself out of it after only a couple of days, even though the situation has not changed. That's interesting. Like, that, and I, but that's like what I'm hearing you say is there's self, there's reflection, there's self reflection. Like you looked at last week. How was last week? How is this week? What is different? Nothing. Because really, that's what you said. Nothing different. The only thing that's different is your mindset. Right. And even in the moment, like even I remember Thursday and Friday last week, I remember especially Friday towards the afternoon starting to get in a, in a pretty bad mood. Just, had a negative attitude like I wasn't mean or anything but for me it was a bad mood compared to normal Um, and I remember telling myself Ashley this is your perception work is not that bad the house is not that bad it's been way busier in the past I just need to change my perception and I'll feel better and I was able to take the tools that I have such as the 12 steps and taking a self-inventory above all and then making amends and taking accountability for it. And I was able to take that stuff and use it to change my perception. Wow. That's, I mean, that's easy to say to do all that. Like, I mean, and I, you know, I get it, but I also do know, and like some people might be saying, well, that, oh yeah, well, that's easy to say. You know, you don't live my life. You don't know what I go through. You don't know Like, how would you respond to that? How would I respond to that? Um, You're asking me how I respond to the victim mentality. Ah. So, (laughs) my answer to that depends on the day, and it depends on how much in my recovery I am in that moment. Because, again, my response to everything really has nothing to do with the other person it really has everything to do with me how I want to respond to someone who would say you don't understand is I know life is hard and I know that it feels extremely overwhelming sometimes Um, and I know that even when I have felt like the world was literally crushing me from the top down. It was my perception. I was able to change that with some small mindset changes. Thank you. I I just, when you said that, I was like, I could hear, like, I don't know, there was just something in my, like, I, you know, probably HP saying, hey, you should ask this. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, actually, it was kind of perfect. It kind of led into what we were saying we wanted to talk about. So we're actually responding to a comment we received about a, um, a podcast that we did. And 
the podcast that this comment was on was learning to trust ourselves. So kind of going back a little bit in time, which I love. And so to the person that um, sent this, thank you. We love comments. We love the questions. We love all of that. So I'm very excited about this. Um, so if you don't mind, I'll read it. And then we can actually pick up back up where we left off. Yeah, I think that sounds perfect. Um, so the comment um, is, so I just finished the podcast on learning to love ourselves. Awesome job, by the way. My question, or more of a comment, is, in the reading that Ashley read from the Bible, it said what love is. I agree with all of it when it pertains to me. I do not agree when with it when it says it always trusts. I'm learning that trust is something earned through another's actions matching their words. I'm also learning, and learning is in capital letters, that it is important to trust myself before all others. It's been so backwards for me my whole life. I give trust to people I barely know, and yet I can't trust myself to make a decision for myself without needing validation from someone else that it's the right choice. So in my opinion, the Bible needs to specify that love is always trusting in ourselves. So let's first read the article that I read when we were reading this story was, Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. That is what this person was talking about, was that last sentence. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And my way of reading this is that love has nothing to do with the other person. When I love someone, my loving them is an action I am choosing to make. When I trust someone, my trusting them is an action I am choosing to make. It actually has nothing to do with them. Yes, people can break our trust. Yes, people can lie to us. Yes, people can earn our trust or lose our trust. However, choosing to trust somebody is a choice that I am making in my mind with my perception through my lens of what I believe did or did not happen. So... In my opinion, when this says love always trusts, if I am acting in love, then I will trust the people I am loving. Does that make sense? Well, yeah. So tr when I picture trust, when I, when I choose to trust somebody, that is me saying I am choosing to believe in them or in what they are saying, right? what they're telling me, what they're doing, um, who they are, I am choosing to believe in them. When I no longer trust someone, 
It's because I'm choosing not to believe in them anymore. It, it, it is my decision of whether or not I trust someone. Their actions may help me make that decision, but ultimately, ultimately the decision is up to me. I actually have, I want to, something you said, and you said it a few times, and so I want to come back to it for a couple of minutes. You said, trust is a choice. Why is it a choice? Why, like, I can consciously make a choice about that? Well, yeah, I mean, isn't that what we do when we're playing a game of cards with somebody and they find out they're sticking a card up their sleeve. We choose not to play that game of cards with them anymore because they cheat. That's a choice not to trust them. Right? I, I mean, when we choose to end a relationship because they lie to us, we're choosing not to trust them. If we choose to go through somebody's phone, I don't know if that's choosing not to trust them or just choosing to betray their trust, but... It's still, right? That's a choice we are making. That is an action we are doing. Trusting somebody is an action. It is a daily decision to believe in them, whether that is believing in what they're saying, believing in what they're doing. It is a, it's a daily, daily decision to believe in them. So I can trust a person today, but I don't have to trust them tomorrow? Of course. And the only thing that has to change is the fact that you went to sleep and then woke up and you decided not to trust them anymore. They didn't have to do anything. And half the time we decide someone has done something to us that has lost our trust and they didn't even do it. Half the time that's just our perception of what they did. So another thing you said in there was you, you made a comment about you know, some, trusting somebody that says something. And it made me think about what we were talking about last week and perception, right? And everybody's perception is different. And I think that has to apply here as well. When somebody, and let's just use you and I, if you tell me something, I can't trust that it's 100% accurate. And I say that because if you're if that if you're interacting with someone else, there are two sides to the story. There's your side and there's someone else's side. And somewhere in the middle is is the reality, is the truth about what happened. Because people's perceptions will change the story because we see things differently. So does that mean you don't trust me? No, I trust you completely. So, but wait, if you question someone that you trust, doesn't it mean you don't trust them anymore? You're questioning them. Well, no, because I got to make sure that what I'm processing is accurate for me. And so the only way I can do that is by asking you questions and questioning why you came to this and what you mean by it and but I want to preface that I'm not going to do it in a hateful way. I'm going to be like, well, Ashley, how did you derive that understanding? Oh, you mean you wouldn't just take my word for it? Well, no. Because... Well, what's the difference? I'm sorry. What's the difference between taking my word for it 
entrusting. Like, if you trust me, shouldn't you just believe everything that I tell you all the time? There's an understanding of knowing, trusting what I understand. Because again, I have to be able to paint this picture for myself and your picture looks might look different than mine. Again, it goes back to how is perception? How do we come about our perception? It's looking at the past, the things we've been through. What were the other things that we said last week? Experiences. What we think, how we feel, yeah. Isn't that the kind of the same thing with with trusting someone because those things that we talked about are also going to be part of what they tell us. And I get to do the same thing with my perception and how I trust someone. I, I heard this, um, I was listening to a speaker, I can't tell you where it was, but I, I loved it. It was talking about trust, trusting other people. So what we do typically, I know I do, I trust someone straight out. I'm going to give you my trust. I got it. I've said this for, I got that feels yucky all of a sudden. I've said to people, I trust you until you break my trust and give me a reason not to trust you. So is that a bad thing in your opinion? Yeah, it is. Because shouldn't it be the other way around? Why would I just give my trust away freely and you don't have to earn it? And so what they did was they used an idea of six levels they really used. They would use like six levels. One being no trust, six being full trust. And we give everybody six level six trust everybody gets level six trust we trust them fully and then what they do is they get to drop down right oh you do something to me and now i'm going to knock you to a five well so that i guess so my question about that and i should probably let you finish your analogy for the people at home that aren't connecting it already right they do something wrong we drop to a five and then we're looking for them to do something wrong all the time and we see them do something wrong again so then they drop down to a four and before you know it they're at a zero and all along we've just been watching for them to screw up and every time they screw up we knock another level of trust out of their belt right and all along at least for myself before recovery i never really wanted to trust them i was always in the background looking for those screw-ups and looking for those mistakes right and before in recovery trust was love right love and trust are equal. and that's kind of what we're talking about here is if i love you i have to trust you i don't know about you but i would always seem to fall in love very quickly i meet somebody i'm all in and what this person said was is think of it the opposite way when we first meet someone we should not trust them because they haven't proven to us that they're even remotely trustworthy and it should be i mean i think we should trust them to the extent of our relationship with them but i'm talking about meeting someone early on for the first time right i've been i've went from meeting someone to living to someone in five days right but your relationship was only five days old that was a very very young relationship right so should i trust them at a level of a six yeah, right. We're saying, yes, I agree with you. No, you should not trust them at a level of a six. But we also wouldn't let someone move in with us at a level, right, at, at, at five days at this point. You know what I mean? Exactly. It, it's, I think we're saying the same thing in a different way. So if I've known you five minutes, I should trust you like I've known you five minutes. Exactly. And I should love you like I've known you five minutes. Now, that has nothing to do with you. Because how I love you 
is about me. It's very weird how we say this. It's very weird how I, I say this, how I picture this. So when I love someone, I want to love them in the way that they can understand, in the way that they can feel my love. And I love people best by being authentically me. So we kind of, kind of, I don't know, I, I, there's like two different levels when we talk about love, right? There's the significant other level where this is my most important relationship, this is my partner, the person I'm going to bed with and waking up with, we share this significant other relationship. And then when I talk about love, there is also this other level of love, which is just a part of who I am and what I want to give to the people in my vicinity, whether that is a coworker, a stranger on the street, a lady at the checkout register, or just some, I don't know, dog walking past me. I want to be a person who gives a certain level of love. And with that comes also giving a certain level of trust. I'm able to give that level of trust to a stranger on the street because my vulnerability from giving that trust is not actually a vulnerability. That stranger on the street can't truly hurt me because their thoughts, feelings, and opinions are none of my business. So you're saying your thoughts, feelings, and opinions of someone on the street are none of your business. Well, what about your partner? What about your significant other? What about your husband? Those are none of my business either. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, now, how is that possible? I love this person. Well, because that person's thoughts belong to that person. That person's feelings belong to that person. That person's opinions belong to that person. I cannot change their thoughts, feelings, or opinions. I am not responsible for it, and it's not mine to fix if I disagree with it. Therefore, they are 100% entitled to what they think, what they feel, what they want to do. I will still love them the way I want to, regardless of what they think, feel, say, or do. I know we've talked about that before, but I just wanted to kind of revisit that really quick because... Um, I know it's like that for people that are just starting out, that might fe- seem like something really like, huh? Yeah, well, and let's take it a little deeper too, right? We're talking about trust and we're talking about love and let's talk about someone that has an affair, someone that cheats on us. Um, if I am in a relationship with someone and I choose to trust them and they go out and they break that trust. They lie, they cheat, they do whatever to the point that I can no longer trust them. One, do I have any blame in the fact that I can no longer trust them, that I do no longer trust them? Do I have any blame in that? My answer to that is no, I don't have blame because blame would mean that I did something wrong, that that there is a wrong to be had. Choosing not to trust someone is not a right or wrong. Their reasoning, their thoughts, feelings, or opinions about my trust is not a right or wrong. And frankly, don't matter. It's not my business. Therefore, whether or not I choose to trust them, I can't be wrong for not trusting them. I can't be at blame or at fault for not trusting them. Yes, I choose to trust, but it cannot be a right or a wrong thing. It just is or isn't. Either I do or I don't. 
Okay. Um, so I, and so I 100% agree with you on that one. Like, I'm not going to take on blame for something that I ha- was no was not part of. I like my like my actions were not. We're talking about one sentence here. We're not talking about an overall thing. Do I have blame because someone cheated? Has nothing to do with me. That has nothing at all to do with me. Do you have responsibility that they cheated? I could. It's not my responsibility that they, if they cheated, but I could. And this comes back to looking at me. And okay, and just so I have been cheated on. My ex husband cheated on me, um, and my the guy that brought me here cheated on me as well. So got a little experience. If you're about to tell me, Dawn, that you have some sort of accountability in the fact that he cheated on you, I'm really going to need you to explain this to me. (laughs) I do not have accountability. That is not what I'm going to say. And what I'm going to say is this. The cheating had nothing to do with our relationship ending. If it got to that point, there were other problems. That's what, that is my that is my my thoughts on that. What I do have to reflect on is looking back at myself, and that's what my work has been. It's not about what they did, because really, what they did doesn't matter. What I do have to look back at is is me. How could I have been my authentic self? That's what I realized that I didn't do, and which again take out the cheating because it has nothing to do with the cheating. I wasn't living my authentic self, so. I was not making sure that I was getting and was in a place and with a person that could be their authentic selves with me, meaning, meaning I just didn't pick an equal partner. So, and equal is not financial. So what I think I hear you saying, let me see if I hear you correctly here. What I think I hear you saying is... When something, even as painful and hurtful as someone cheating on me happens, I still have a level of self-inventory that I need to take. Right. I have a level of self-accountability. I need to be able to look at myself and look at my actions and find out if maybe I trusted someone who wasn't untrustworthy. Or like we were saying in the beginning, maybe I gave someone a level six amount of trust and really I only wanted to give them a level one trust. And that's, so in both my, those relationships, I immediately trusted. Six level on six, right? And both my, <laughs> my second husband, actually we met and were living together within two days. Might've been less than two days. It was less than 48 hours. Now. We were together 15 years. Not saying that's good or bad. I know that I'm a very good, was a very good codependent, but I never, like he never earned the trust. I just gave it. It was a free gift, free pass, here you go. Now, when he cheated, which I did not find out until after we were actually separated. So it was not the reason for our separ- our divorce or separation. Because there was other issues. And I think that's what I'm saying. Like, right, the cheating, take the cheating out of it. The infidelity, it didn't even matter. Because there was other issues going on. I chose a person that I could not trust. I gave them a level six and they deserved a level one. 
he did even after 15 years of marriage there was air and i think this is the other thing just because i can trust somebody in one aspect doesn't mean i have to trust that same person in another aspect so let me ask you a question because you said something that i think i want to delve a little deeper into here i've heard you say a couple of times they didn't earn that level of trust can you explain to me what you mean, right? So when I think of trusting someone, I tend not to think of these days. So these days, I tend not to think of their actions. I tend more to think of my opinion or judgment of their actions to decide whether or not I can trust them, right? Am I being healthy in this perspective of that behavior what I hear you saying is that you tend to look at their actions and what they do to determine if you can trust them or is that what you mean yes and no okay so what I have had to do and I know we're going to get here but I'm going to say this now anyways what I've had to learn is I had to learn myself I had to know myself I had to understand myself. I, that means I had to understand what I am comfortable with. I had to have to understand what I'm not comfortable with. I have to know myself really, really well and know what I am comfortable with. When, through that, realizing what I need and want and deserve is where I'm, then I take that into this person did not earn my trust. So what I mean is, it could be their actions. It could be their words and their actions don't don't match up. It could mean there's secrecy. It could mean there's a vagueness. There could be inconsistencies. Those things I would have ignored before because they didn't matter to me. Like I wasn't aware of them. I wasn't aware that those things mattered to me. So I would just shove them away, push them away, choose to ignore them. And I still would trust that person 100% because it wasn't about them. It was about me. It was about, wasn't what they were doing or saying or, you know, it was about, I was looking at me. I, I was really looking at myself that, oh, if I make a big deal about that, they might. And if they leave, then I'm by myself and I'm going to end up by myself and you know it's lonely by myself and I don't like being by myself and I'll be all alone and I'll have no I'll have nobody to do anything with and I'll you know it's just going to be another person that that you know leaves me if I I ask them to clarify or explain something and so that's what I mean when I say they didn't earn it it sounds to me like you're describing not trusting yourself, though. Exactly. And that's what I was saying about getting to know me and what I what I want and what I deserve, because that means I know me. And when I know when I know me, I know what I know what I deserve. And I know that I can look at something or somebody or, so, you know, a situation or whatever and trust, <laughs> trust that I can make the best decision and have all the information for myself. Well, so it sounds to me like what you're saying is very much like what I believe, which is if I can't trust myself, I will never trust appropriate people. 
well, if I don't love myself, I can't love anybody else. So, right. I agree with that. Yeah. I can't love myself. How I can only love someone as much as I love myself. I can only trust someone as much as I trust myself at the end of the day. So I really want to talk about why I don't trust myself and how I can start to trust myself. One of the things I've noticed in my life, very much like you were saying, level six of trust right away. And the reason I gave that to other people was because I didn't trust me. I would see those red flags and I would shove it away or I would convince myself it was something different. Therefore, I didn't trust myself, right? Because if somebody, imagine you're talking to somebody else and you look at them and you say, I really like this blue pen. And they take that blue pen out of your hand and they go, this isn't blue, this is red. And you hand it and they hand it back to you. And then for the rest of the day or anytime you see them again, they talk about your red pen. Would you trust that person if you asked them what color your next pen was? No, but then I would be like, well, maybe did I, maybe was it red? Maybe it was red. For me, that's what it would have been. No, I, that's not right. I can't trust that. You know, like I would think in my head, like I can't trust that person because it's not. But then that would be such a fleeting second because then I would go to, well, maybe it was red. Was it red? Maybe it was. I mean, it was like earlier in the day. I mean, maybe I know I was tired this morning. Right. So you wouldn't trust yourself. Right. I would make all these like lot like and I'm, I'm saying this because it's literally a conversation that I have had in my head trying to rationalize something that was just so obvious that the pen was blue. Well, right, but, or like, let's say, let's say you were having a conversation with someone and they just, just flat out lied to your face, right? And you knew they were lying and yet you didn't call them on it. You certainly wouldn't go back to them to have the same conversation. You would never trust them again. Right. And yet we lie to ourselves all the time and we don't call ourselves on it. And then we turn around and wonder why we don't trust ourselves. And why we second guess ourselves. How did that start? Like, I know for me, I was taught early on not to trust myself. Like, I'm talking little, as a little girl, that I would, could not trust myself. That's how it started for me, too. I mean, from some of my very, very first memories, I remember thinking one thing and then being told something completely different. I remember one there was one point in my life, I was probably 16, maybe 15, 16 years old. I might have even been in just like, I think I was driving. So I would have had to have been 16. Um, and I met my dad for dinner. And all of this, like the abuse that happened in my home with between him and with him with my mom. And, you know, it was even though I lived it, I was there and I remembered it. I still was like, do I remember it? You know what I mean? That feeling of like not trusting what I, what I remembered. So I asked him, we were sitting at dinner and I asked him, why did you do this? Well, I never did that. That never happened. I was 16 years old. He could have told me 17 years old, right? He could have told me he could have, he could have owned it and just said, I was a different person then I made mistakes. I, you know, so even up until that point, I was still told what you remembered, what you saw, what you knew was wrong. You don't know what you're talking about. I mean, yeah, from even from something as simple as 
walking into the house and feeling the tension between my parents from them fighting and them telling me that they weren't fighting. Even something as simple as that, that makes a child question themselves is part of the reason that I don't trust myself. Well, that I didn't trust myself. I mean, you walk in and you're having a great day and you think everything's going okay, but dad's drunk, so you say one thing wrong that you don't even know was wrong, and before you know it, you're in trouble, you know? It quickly teaches you not to trust yourself. Oh, exactly. You know, I, you and I've talked about little things like our parents would have said, like, I'll give you something to cry about. I'm trying to think there's one that is pertains to this. And I'm trying to think what it is. And I'm just really drawing a blank. But like, write my opinions and my what? um, Because I said so. Yes, that's it. Right? Like, I remember, I remember times that I would say, Well, why can't I go outside? There's nothing. The sun is shining. It's light out. Nothing's. Well, because I said so. It's not safe. And meanwhile, I'm sitting there like it's safe. There's nothing wrong. What's the reality was they just didn't want me to because they didn't want to have to keep an ear out or. Right. Because the day before they were like, get out of the house and they'd lock the door and you couldn't come in until night. Right. But that was okay then. But now the next day. You can't do that because I said so. Right. Well, wait a minute. What's changed? What's different between yesterday and today? All of those things teach us that we can't trust ourselves. Or when you walk in the house and mom's crying and you say, Mom, what's the matter? Is everything okay? And she quick swipes her eyes and dries it up real fast and fixes her face and, oh, no, nothing's wrong. Everything's okay. That teaches children not to trust themselves. Honestly, I think a better answer is I'm a little sad right now, but I'll be okay. I don't I don't really want to talk about it because then my child realizes that they're not wrong and I don't have to share everything with them. Let's talk about ways we can start to trust ourselves. Well, I think the one thing we were talking about is all of these things that we were unsure of, the questions that we've had with ourselves, like, is this really what I saw true, what I felt true, is it real? I had to look at myself and kind of reconnect with who I was and who I, you know, I as a child and kind of work through a lot of that stuff to be able to put the pieces of the puzzle together, not solve them, but understand that what I saw was real. What I went through was real and know that I can I can learn from those things and 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 kind of like re- reconnect with who I am and what I thought. Does that make sense? It feels like it doesn't make sense, but no, it makes perfect sense. And even before I could do that, right? So for me, there was a lot of physical abuse and there was a lot of denial of that physical abuse as I got older. For me, before I could even connect with all of the abuse that happened I had to first learn to trust myself because I couldn't believe that that abuse happened if I didn't trust myself yeah so before I could even really um, reconnect with that part of myself first I had to start living in integrity Right, I had to start doing what I said I was going to and maintaining my boundaries and being authentic 
before I could actually trust anyone else or other people. I found that for me, when I didn't stand up for myself, when I didn't say what I needed to say, when I told myself, if this happens again, then I'll do this, and I didn't do it, I was breaking the trust I had with myself. So question for you. Um, When you talk about having boundaries as a way of building trust for yourself, can I have boundaries with myself? Absolutely. I remember, I think at the very beginning of these podcasts, you had mentioned something about several years ago, you used to come home and get a bag of chips or something every day when you came home and you decided that you weren't going to let yourself do that anymore. Do you remember that conversation? It's cereal in the middle of the night. Yes, that's what it was. Go ahead and tell me. So <laughs> can we tell that story? Oh, freaking cereal. So um, for years that I adult, from an adult, I, and I'm talking 20s, late teens until now um i love to have a bowl of cereal in the middle of the night and there's many times that i will really really try to not have a bowl of cereal which and would try to not have a bowl of cereal in the night but i'd lay there wide awake so i would end up just after a couple hours of not sleeping i'd just get up and end up having the bowl of cereal and i'd go back to sleep so to find out having conversations with my mother. This is something I've always done. Like when I was a little girl, I would get up in the middle of the night and I would have a bowl of cereal. After talking with you in that podcast, there was a connection to the fact that I slept in the basement. And I think I actually walked you guys visually through my basement and I was scared. So I would go upstairs, I would collect myself, I would just reconnect with me and then I could go back down and I would go to sleep. So cereal became this comfort, this comforting tool that I, I used. Um, interesting. I just thought of something and I will share what I just thought of. But so it became this, this kind of this like my, my blanket, my, you know, my, my blankie. So that's the story around the cereal. So, so I did this for years. And for a while there, weren't you trying to create a boundary within yourself that you weren't going to get up and eat the cereal? Yes, I was. And I, I've i done that for on and off my entire life. Where, okay, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this anymore. When you tell yourself that you're not going to eat the cereal anymore and then you lay in bed for hours until you finally get up and go and eat it, when you go and eat that cereal, are you building trust within yourself or are you breaking trust within yourself? I'm building trust within myself. Now, does that mean that the only way to build trust is to not eat the cereal? No. So could you change that boundary and maybe take that boundary away therefore you're not breaking your own trust every night you get up and eat cereal so my funny what I thought of when I was sharing this when I was telling the story is I was thinking I hadn't really I actually hadn't thought about this in a really long time I haven't had cereal in the middle of the night since we've had that conversation interesting do you know why I don't I do know why I but I mean I could say no I don't know why I could write like, oh, I don't know. I just haven't thought about it. 
But the thing for me, which I know and I've learned, is I had a conversation about it and now there's no power in it. So do you think that by addressing the reasons why you were getting up and getting the cereal and acknowledging the fear behind it um, and acknowledging the comfort behind it, you were then able to build trust within yourself to where you could maintain that boundary? Yes. So how we build trust, how we learn to trust ourselves, is by maintaining the things that we say we are going to do when we say we are going to do it, how we say we are going to do it. But the thing is, I've said I didn't want to do it, but you know what? Once I addressed it with you and talked about it with you, it wasn't like, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to this. I'm not. It was just I actually kind of forgot about it. Right. In that specific situation, because you healed the emotional trauma behind it, the addiction went away. Yeah. And that does tend to happen a lot with recovery, right? We heal the emotional trauma behind one situation and before we know it, we're no longer biting our nails all the time. Sure. But really, at least in the way that I, even that one situation, the way that I view it is you were able to be honest with yourself and have authentic communication about why you were doing something that you did not like you that you were doing. And then you were either able to, actually probably both, change your perception, which allowed you to change the boundary, and then begin building trust within yourself pertaining to this because you were able to change the boundary and follow through with the boundary that you then made, even though it was all subconscious. Yeah. I'm still over here a little, like, just the whole realization that I haven't done it. I'm still a little bit overwhelmed by that. Um, so, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> You're good. That's I, I think it's a great thing because we really haven't talked about it. It's been like eight months. Yeah, it's just... So, sorry, everybody. I'm a little... But this is... I think this is what... Like, right, having my own self-realization about, wow, I haven't done this. I'm... Like, that is my... Tr this is my true reaction. I'm so literally kind of like... I want to like be like really think about this now and I can't because we're recording. So I'm like, I'm just like, oh, I'm a little, but anyways. Well, but we can though, right? Because we're talking about rebuilding trust within ourselves, and this is big. How do you feel realizing that you have continued for however many months now to not do this thing that you wanted to not do? I'm, I'm surprised. I'm happy. I'm puzzled. I'm overwhelmed um proud emotional proud. there's like and that's why it's like I'm trying to have all these feelings coming at me and that I'm like we're not coming at me they're coming up and I'm like oh god what do I do with all these I need I and I'm I think that's what I think this is one of the things is I need and this is okay for me to say I don't I can't process this right now I could I mean I can talk about it and I can but I need time with myself to feel it and process it so then I can tell you how I feel about it and look at you being authentic all right because that's what I need I don't care what you need I don't care what our listeners need I need a minute to really think about this and feel it and I'm gonna take it when I'm done I'll take and that right there listeners is how we build trust within ourselves Dawn just realized what she needed and then she told us what she needed and now she's going to do what she needs. 
And do you hate me for it, Ashley? Do you hate me that I said to you that I can't do this right now? Honestly, I'm proud of you. <laughs> nobody cares. I mean, like at the end of the day, if we're all honest, like, nobody cares that I, that I want to take time for me to process it. It's how we earn our own trust by standing up for ourselves and doing what we know in our heart is best for us, regardless of anyone else's thoughts, feelings, or opinions. Okay, so I have another question for you. Can I stand up to myself for myself? Absolutely. What does that look like? Well, that would look like, let's say we had a different conversation, and instead of you saying you hadn't eaten cereal in eight months, you said you've eaten it every single day since then. If you were standing up for yourself to yourself, you would be kind and compassionate and gentle with that accountability. Yes, I have continued to eat this cereal every night, even though I didn't want to, and just gone on with compassionate understanding. Sometimes this happens. This is what I'm going to do from here on, and then follow through with whatever you decide. Maybe you decide that there is nothing wrong with eating a bowl of cereal at midnight every night, and that's okay, right? It's not for anyone else to decide except you. And as long as you, I, am authentic with myself and I am kind with myself, then I am standing up for myself and building trust. I try to... So... Sorry, go ahead. I was go just going to say, I try to think of building trust within myself, building love within myself, just like I would want to build love with someone else. The exact same way I would build trust with someone else. You said something about the whole saying something to myself, being honest with myself and being, oh, if I decided to have a continue to have a bowl of cereal every night, and if I was okay with that, it's okay. So I actually, that was after you and I had that conversation, that was kind of a conversation I had with me too, you know, like, okay, now that I know what this is, I know why I do it. I like, right, I did the work to get to where, and this was such a, and I, you and I have had this a couple of times where it's like, boom, it just works, we ends up working through stuff on here. I love it when that happens. Me too. It kind of, that's was kind of went along with it. Like after you and I had the discussion and I realized the fear that was behind it and I was soothing that fear. And then I was really going to be patient with myself and be like, okay, if I have a bowl of cereal in the middle of the night, it's okay that I have a bowl of cereal in the middle of the night because I know why I'm having the bowl of cereal in the middle of the night. There will be a, you know, kind of like, just like, okay, there'll be a point where I'll get to, because I don't have to solve the problem today. Like I can, right. I don't have to air quote fix me today. I can right. I can be patient with myself. I can have self-compassion. Okay, Dawn, you know why you do this now. Now, if you do it, be okay with it. You're doing it. And when you do it, work through it, right? Do the work as, you know, if you do it, do the work that goes with that. Reflect on the situation. How did you wake up? How did you feel when you woke up? What were your thoughts when you woke up? What were your thoughts when you went and went and did it? What were your thoughts after you did it? And right, it's the middle of the night. There's still some thoughts, right? Thoughts still happen even in the middle of the night. If, you know, we wake up, but that's it's shifted even with that. Like I think that was part of the shift, having the conversation and then just being compassionate with myself that if I did it, it was okay. I just never did it again. Right. So 
exactly like what you're talking about is how I work with my dogs, right? Like when I talk about dog training and building a relationship with dogs, you have to have trust. And when the dog is doing something wrong, air quotes, wrong, right? Because it's not necessarily wrong. We just don't like it. We simply remind in a kind, compassionate manner with follow through. It's very similar to right a relationship even hey I don't let's we'll talk about Nick rubbing my back at night remember I spent 17 years we were together and finally after 17 years I told him hey I don't like it when you rub my back at night it it makes it hard for me to fall asleep could you not do that anymore and it didn't stop immediately but I didn't go snapping hey quit doing it I don't like it I told you I didn't like this Right. I didn't do that. I continued to be kind and compassionate. Hey, I know you've done it a long time and it's just a habit, but could you not? It makes it so I can't fall asleep. Or, hey, babe, remember, I'm I'm not a big fan. And every time I said that compassionately and kindly, it was just a nice, gentle reminder. And he stopped. If I'd have gotten mean or nasty... That wouldn't have been a kind, gentle reminder, and he would have gotten defensive or angry, and we probably would have ended up in a fight. So the best way to build trust, the best way to repair damage, the best way to heal is kind compassion, gentle. I'm going to say I agree with you, but I'm almost going to say there's something I think that's more important than that. And that's spending time by yourself. Because if I don't spend time by myself, I can't do what you just said. Because I don't know how. Right. If if I don't communicate with myself, if I don't talk to myself, if I don't know myself, I can't possibly trust myself. And the only way you get to know yourself is spending time with yourself. And not, and by yourself. Absolutely. That's the beautiful thing about being by, like spending time with yourself by yourself alone it's I get to have a converse right that's what I was saying to you earlier like I couldn't like I can't digest all of what we what I was feeling with you in my ears and talking to people a bunch of people I, I just can't I need to be by myself I need quiet I need you need to be able to have a conversation with yourself I need to meditate which means I need to listen to my higher power because we will have a conversation. I will express gratitude to my higher power, thanking him for showing me and helping me get to this point. I think that is the one and only way that we can rebuild trust within ourselves and therefore trust those who are trustworthy. Always trust, always love is we have we have to be able to have a relationship with ourself and our higher power no more important relationships than that because without those two relationships the rest doesn't i think that is a great place to leave this i want to thank the person that sent in that comment it was an amazing comment which transferred into an amazing podcast of trust of learning of learning to trust ourselves we have to learn to love ourselves we have to learn to trust ourselves and when we do that we can have better relationships with others Ashley thank you this was an amazing conversation and I've got some work to do so 
I'm going to let you go till next week. Absolutely. Thank you, Dawn. Thank you, listeners. And uh, we look forward to talking to everybody next week. Bye. Bye. We would like to thank you for joining us on this journey of self-discovery. Visit the Work It website at workityouareworthit.com to submit your questions and topics for future episodes. And remember, work it because you are worth it.